entrepreneurs and business people. Learn from their experience and expertise and have some laughs along the way. Off the Circle, the Indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before. All right, well, welcome back to another Off the Circle. Uh, we are here at beautiful Lifeline Data Center's Eastgate Mall, uh, where we've kind of built out a little bit of a studio. It's not a uh, kind of show off the, the space a little bit. And, uh, and today we're here with, uh, of course, co-host Frank Leonard. Yeah, great so, to be here. Yeah, Frank, tell everybody wh who you work for and what you do. Yeah, I work for Lifeline Data Centers. I focus on high security cloud and co-location. I also work for Lucidity IT, where I'm a client executive. And we're a women-owned business, and uh, we provide a lot of IT services. We have some terrific engineers. So essentially, both of those jobs are very complementary. Uh, if you need data center services, we can provide those, and we've got the data center right here at Lifeline. Yep, and uh, and of course, uh, if every, anybody checks your profile on the site, they can get a direct link there and go check you out. Yeah, it's great working here with the podcast. I'd uh, love to get uh, information out there about opportunities here in Indiana. You know, one of my big passions is to help drive business for Indiana-based companies, and uh Really pleased to have our guest here today to focus on the 5G opportunities here yeah. in Indiana. This is an exciting one. Thank you for bringing Sean in. Sean Hendricks is with us. Uh, this Hi, is, guys. Yeah, and this it really is exciting because, uh, you know, we keep hearing the buzz around 5G, you know, forever now. Um, but it's starting to come to fruition, and you're actually going to talk about some some brick and mortar and some stuff that's happening that's exciting. Yeah, here absolutely. In it's starting to starting to really break free now. So, yeah. yeah. So if if you want, tell everybody, you know, where did you come from? How did you get where you are today? And and who you work for and all that. Yeah. So uh, uh, I work for Purdue Research Foundation as director of emerging technology partnerships with PRF. But my, uh, my real job is as Managing Director of the Indiana 5G Zone. So you might ask, what's that, right. uh, what's that mean, right? So um, 5G means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Right. And so depending on who you're talking to, uh, 5G might be so-called uh, small cells, might be millimeter wave radios, it might be massive internet, uh, internet connectivity uh, through... Uh, thousands of devices in a, in a square kilometer. It might be uh, it might be low latency uh, or very fast uh, transmit and receive speeds between the endpoint device and the network. So our job in the Indiana 5G zone is to bring uh, together a, a collection of Indiana assets, companies, academic institutions and leverage them in the areas that we feel that Indiana can be strategic and really assert leadership um, in the 5G space uh, in those three three or four technology areas. And um, I, I want to repeat that too because I love the way you open that up. It means a lot of things to a lot of different people because that's what I hear the most confusion on, you know, uh, Frank knows, you know, I work with Dell sometimes, and Dell talks about it from an edge computing and IoT standpoint, you know, but then I have industry experts that I work with that are in mobile that it's all about the smartphone, you know, yeah. and, and so it's really funny how, you know, people are, d depending on what side of the business you're on, the perception of what it is is different, but ultimately it's that we can get a lot denser, right, with equipment that's connecting a lot faster, a lot more reliable, right, ultimately? That's, yeah, that's a great way to summarize it and kind of boil it down. I think what's, so 
it's, it's kind of a good news, bad news story, right? So the good news is we have all these characteristics. The thing that's tough right now is there's use cases, there's applications that we have not even really figured out. Right. We've gotten to a point with 4G where we can download movies fast on our cell phone. We can, we can do uh, uh, video calling with one another. And we've got all the audio content that we want. So what's next from a consumer point of view? But all these, a lot of the characteristics I talked about, um, be it speed, be it low latency, be it millimeter wave, these are technologies that really have huge implications for uh, business applications uh, and business-to-business interactions. Yeah. And the consumer may be consuming services that have not even been dreamed up yet because we're still figuring out how to use these awesome characteristics of this fifth generation network. So someone told me one time, the, the example that I loved hearing that I never even thought about was, you know, if you were uh, in a remote area and you needed, uh, you basically needed surgery. Well, you're not going to do it on a 4G network, <laughs> right? Because you might lose your connectivity or yeah. you, might not, you might run into all the problems. But, but because of the reliability and latency of 5G, something like that might actually be possible. And, and, you know, you mentioned edge computing earlier. I think that's uh, at the risk of going offline here. Um, 5G is going to present a lot of opportunities, but also some challenges. And with all the data traffic, all the, all the devices that we're going to hook up, that's going to have, uh, that's going to create bottlenecks uh, uh, further back in the network. Right. So technologies like edge computing, bringing that computing power closer to the, to the end customer, to the end application, is going to be critical that we just don't feel that we're moving to the next, uh, the next bandwidth, and so we're wanting to add more fiber or, right. or add more servers at faraway data centers. So I think that there's one of the reasons 5G kind of feels like a buzzword is because it does have implications for uh, technologies, products, and services that go beyond just the cell phone that we're holding in our hand. Yeah, Sean, I think it's great that you've taken a leadership role in the state of Indiana. Can you comment a little bit about, you know, the 5G summit I had the opportunity to attend in the summer? I think that was prior to you taking on this role and kind of the vision that was forecast uh, in terms of the state of Indiana taking a leadership role with 5G and mm -hmm. maybe what's happened since then. I know you have the opportunity to work with Scott Jones and some of the other folks that are really focusing on Indiana being a leader within 5G. Yeah, uh, so the 5G Summit was a great activity, and, and it was really the kickoff, if you want to think about it. And the, the motivation for that summit was uh, a recognition by, by uh, industry leaders, academic leaders, state leadership, hey, this 5G thing is happening. We recognize we have capabilities and, and expertise that can contribute. Let's do something about it. And so that was the, the kickoff and kind of uh, moved us into the start taking action uh, yeah. method of operation. So that coming out of the 5G summit, we, we formalized ourselves into the Indiana 5G zone. The Indiana 5G zone is meant to um, really center activity and thought. And you notice I didn't say it has to, all the work has to take place here in Indiana because right. 5G is huge. 5G goes beyond uh, even the U.S. It's a global, it's going to be a global technology phenomenon. But 
We can use the mechanism of establishing test beds, leveraging our academic resources. We've got end application users in agriculture and advanced manufacturing that are going to help us to develop devices, develop services, and really figure out what those use cases are. And with the capabilities that Indiana has, we can be the test bed, the, the development environment for this work to happen. We'll bring in stakeholders, uh, contributors from here locally, you know, call it across the street, yeah. across the state and across the country. And we hope that, that folks will come to Indiana to access our test bed. And as we, as we become a, a place where activity is taking place, that's going to really give us the opportunity to become thought leaders and to leverage our, our the strength of our academic institution, Purdue, IU, Notre right. Dame, and to reflect that and, and start developing these use cases. So I think that Indiana is is very well positioned. And, you know, listen, let's let's just be, be very kind of direct about this. 5G is happening. Right. Right. It's going to happen whether we want it to or not. So I think it's incumbent on us to say, well, how can we shape 5G in a meaningful way so that it becomes useful and productive for us as a state and an economy? Yeah. And I think by focusing on some of these sectors, um, leveraging these assets that we have, I think we can really contribute and and, and really to do that in, in conjunction with or in cl- collaboration with other areas of the country that are going to be looking to do similar things in their focal areas. Yeah. So in other words, it's not just it's not an either or. It's not Indiana or somebody else. Right. It's not exclusionary. It's really we're going to try to work on 5G in the areas that we think we can contribute and, again, assert that leadership into no, that's great. Can you also just share with us, uh, you know, the proximity of the location of the zone itself and and maybe even some progress you've made at Crane, for example? Yeah, so um, the the Indiana 5G zone is going to have a home base. Uh, that home base is, is going to be located at the corner of Ohio Street and Capitol in downtown Indianapolis. Nice. We're co-located with 1150 Academy. They've been a great partner. Um, Scott and his team have been uh, uh, supporters since the summit and, and frankly, before. Yeah. Um, and just a side comment, software development, cybersecurity are very complementary to the work we're going to be doing in 5G. So yeah. I see a lot of ways to, to work together as a team there. That's going to be our home base, if you will, for the, for the initiative. Um, but we have uh, assets, relationships, test beds, even throughout the state. We've got the uh, uh, Naval Surface Warfare Center. Crane is an electronics warfare center for uh, the Department of the Navy and the DOD in general. They have outdoor test ranges that have access to spectrum, which becomes critical to to working in in this space. We've got uh, upcoming uh, just off campus at Purdue University, the Discovery Park District, a 200-acre smart city initiative that is one heck of a test bed to develop the technology and the use cases. It's going to be a live community, real wow. people, uh, academic research, people are going to be, they're going to have residents, people living there. Um, it's going to be a living, breathing uh, test laboratory, if you will, yeah. uh, for this type of technology. We've got the US 231 Smart Corridor um, as part of the Joint Transportation Research Program uh, with NDOT and the Purdue School of, uh, uh, of Civil Engineering. 
let's talk about autonomous vehicles, right? So right. deploying 5G, low latency, right? This all goes into that. That's a great test bed. And those are just some examples. I mean, we've got a, a, a network of more uh, academic laboratories, the Wireless Institute up at Notre Dame. These are all assets that, you know, by themselves, they're doing great work in their fields and their, and their leaders. But uh, this 5G zone initiative really gives us the opportunity to to uh, make the the some of its parts uh, much much more much larger, and it's not a overnight you know rollout, right? Five G is going to be you know several years and everything else. So it seems like it's great what you guys are doing because by centralizing that, you're able to communicate the growth and expansion of it. You're able to produce a lab environment, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in even an incubator, right? For yeah. for innovation around it. And and I think that's. That's a great way to look at it because um, we really become a place where you can do work. Um, we're going to have access to 5G networks. Uh, downtown Indianapolis is very fortunate to be one of a few cities to launch uh, some of the early small cell millimeter wave awesome. high speed 5G deployments. Yeah, it's it's great. We've got great network partners. Um, so that's a unique environment. Whether you're a device developer, an IoT device guy. Um, whether you're a service developer that wants to see what the world looks like pulling data through a 5G network. Yeah. Um, so the, the location is going to be important. Um, it's, it's foundational to what we're doing, uh, but it's much bigger. And, yeah. and we can combine and sort these through depending on the needs of the, of the problems that we're trying to solve. Yeah, and can you comment maybe on where you think Indiana can really provide some leadership in terms of 5G? I think you mentioned maybe in the agricultural space in, in particular. Yeah, I think um, agricultural and advanced manufacturing, I think these are areas where when you look at the industries that Indiana really uh, has leadership in today, those industries are going to transform uh, for a lot of reasons, and 5G is going to be one of them. But then when you look at the at the uh, companies that support those industries, that build equipment, that build devices, yeah. provide services, those are going to be where the, the innovation is starting to starting to take place. And then when you look at, the, frankly, the research that's going on, I mentioned the Wireless Institute at Notre Dame. I mentioned Purdue University. IU has some very interesting work going on in the cybersecurity space. The, the, it's, it's really a... It, there's no reason why we can't bring these pieces together yeah. to figure out the applications and frankly identify the problems, right? Because right. this isn't going to be a problem-free rollout. And then with the, the, the know-how in industry and the brain power in academia to apply against those what I'll call inter- interesting problems. Yeah. And if we can figure that out, that by definition makes us a leader because we're going to be answering those questions and solving those problems uh, for the industry. I think I think I actually saw an example. I think it was it might have been Purdue that was working on this. That it was uh, robotic tractors. And you know, when you think about agriculture and you think about tractors, you think about these humongous you know vehicles with servers in them and everything else. Well, the only reason why they're making them humongous is because it requires a man, you know, or woman sitting in it to operate. And so Purdue was working on these, like, micro-agricultural robots. So so instead of... Swarms, right? Swarms, yeah. yeah. So instead of one tractor because you have one farmer or, you know, two farmers that are doing a field, now you can just have 100 autonomous robotic vehicles that are 5G connected that are 
just taking care of all of your and they work 24 7 they don't get sick they don't <laughs> and i was like wow that was mind-blowing to me that you know that we're going the opposite direction you know kind of micro robots you know with this and that gets me real excited because you could say this disruption is it's going to present some problems but you know you're describing somebody looking at that as an opportunity yeah and when you look at this environment i've described Boy, isn't that just a fertile ground to cultivate startups? Absolutely. Um, to to provide new opportunities for our, say, our university graduates, our existing industries yeah. to diversify and get into the into a new market. I I think uh, you know one of our missions sh it needs to be to take advantage of this kind of disruption, this transfer transformation, and can we can we use that as an alt, uh, as an as a mechanism? to cultivate these startups yeah. and really provide a friendly environment for them. Well, you, you even talked about Indiana's leadership there, obviously with the feeder systems of schools, but I never even thought about, you know, the fact that we already are a leader, you know, from a manufacturing standpoint. We're yeah. already crossroads, we're already agriculture. We've, we've kind of got all the components, whereas other states uh, uh, top that off with cost of living that's great uh yeah. weather you know weather that's not you know we don't have these massive extremes and everything it seems like it seems like we really do have the opportunity to take a leadership role nationally yeah and you know that 5g summit i think it was kind of the spark so you know it's up to us now to to kind of carry that flag forward and, and see what we can make of it and i tell you i've been around the state talking to academic institutions industry uh, partners, uh, related development organizations, and there is a tremendous uh, enthusiasm around this transformation, around this 5G technology. And I tell you, I don't, I, I get the feeling, I get the impression is that everybody wants to work together to, to figure out how yeah. to do this. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I'm left with the impression as I reflect on that. Well, we've got those assets I talked about, and we've got the right attitude from the from the stakeholders, from our partners. Again, I feel like now we we just need to bring ourselves together, put together our roadmap, and and uh, you know that'll help us chart our course uh, into the future. And it sounds like you've got a good team to work with between Chad Pitt Pittman and uh, Dave Broker. Can you comment a little bit on the team oh, at Purdue? Yeah, the, the, the PRF team has been great. Um, Brian Edelman, our president, has been hugely supportive of the effort as well. You know, um, in a lot of ways, 5G is the technology that gets us to the point. Uh, it's like building a road, right? Is, right. Is the point of the road... To, to be a road or is it help you move your goods and services, help you get to your relative's house? So in a lot of ways, I look at 5G as that critical infrastructure yeah. and um, it, it can underpin or support or be the, the highway that lets us get to some of the really interesting um, interesting challenges of the future. And Chad and, and Dave are taking those challenges on uh, head on. So Dave's coming at it from a smart cities approach um, Chad's looking at our national security objectives, yep. and they're asking the questions, in a 5G world that's going to deliver me an infrastructure with all this capability, what do we do next? And that's very exciting to be, yeah. a, to, to be looked at as a, as a contributor to these kind of this next generation, not just of the, of the highway, right. of the 5G, but what comes next in terms of data, data analytics, AI, machine learning, these are all 
the the things that are going to deliver us the the services and products of the future, and 5G is going to be the highway that they that they ride on. That's a, that's great because because ultimately that was the bottleneck before. Yeah. We, we we have unlimited scalability. We have unlimited you know bandwidth hardwired, but you know wirelessly you know this is really going to let loose on everything. That's yeah. awesome. So wh- where should people go for more information if or if they want to you know keep track of what you guys? Are yeah, doing? that's great. Um, so. Uh, I forgot the most important part in the introduction. Oh, I got so go. excited, I carried away. So we're the Indiana 5G zone, okay. where speed matters. And so if you go to wherespeedmatters.com, oh, that's awesome. our landing, landing uh, uh, site. And where speed matters, we thought really resonated uh, because 5G is about speed. Right? Yep. We get that. We talked about that. Um, we're here in Indianapolis, Indianapolis 500. We've got the Motor Speedway. It's kind of speed runs in our nice. in our in our veins, but speed also reminds us that innovation uh, happens, and we need to be motivated. We need to stay on the curve. We need to to apply speed in our in our development of this technology. So it's kind of a uh, a throwback to our heritage, as well as a reminder that we want to be a leader. We want to be speedy in the uh, rollout and development of this uh, new technology. That's yeah, fantastic. and I think Sean, the state's lucky to have your leadership with 5G. And I, I was looking at your profile, and I, I thought it was interesting that you had something to do with the 2014 Winter Olympics. Can you just tell us a little bit about uh, that story? Yeah. So um, it was a, <laughs> it was an interesting challenge, and uh, not wholly unrelated to, uh, to the idea of developing uh, uh, new technology. So in 2010, uh, I was working with the startup company, uh, a lithium battery startup here in uh, Indianapolis, and we had the task, the, the mission, to develop a three megawatt hour uh, energy storage system to support the utility grid for the Sochi Winter uh, Olympics. Is wow. one of you know, anytime you have an Olympics, right, it's a huge build out, a large infrastructure project. And our role was to uh, supplement uh, the uh, existing electric grid with this large battery energy storage system. So we went and uh, kind of went on a crash program and over the next couple years uh, developed this very large uh, energy storage system, deployed it over to Sochi, Russia. Uh, a lot of trips by um, my team and myself over to the Sochi area to bring that online. And, um, you know, what's interesting to kind of connect the dots is that uh, we didn't have 5G technology at the time, um, but it would have been very useful for us to have all this data about this uh, very large, uh, expensive capital asset. um, And we would have love to have the opportunity to bring all this parametric data to do a big data project data analytics about this capital asset and bring it back through a nice big 5g pipe (laughs) on the way overseas so that was a great experience um it was a big challenge and uh um it was a challenge in the technology it was a challenge in the time frame and it was a challenge in trying to do this work internationally. Hmm. So um, I feel like coming out of that, um, uh, I've definitely had a chance to catch my breath, but I think uh, that was a good experience to help me take on the challenge of 5G going forward. So Fantastic. Well, we're glad to have your leadership. Yeah, and thanks for joining us today. Well, and thanks for the opportunity. It's been yeah. great to engage with you guys, and uh, what a great forum to, to get these topics out. So uh, I look forward to... Uh, 
giving you updates on yeah. what we got going on and uh, look forward to listening to more episodes of the podcast. Yeah, and for everybody uh, listening and, and watching, um, be sure Lifeline Data Centers, if you go to the homepage up on the right-hand side, you'll see events. Just click that. Um, Frank, uh, contact Frank Leonard. Uh, Frank basically brings people into these luncheons. Today we had Scott Rudd, who was talking about rural broadband, you know, and then and brought Sean in. And so every single week, uh, almost every single week, we have just some spectacular guest, and it's free. It doesn't cost any money, uh, but it's just incredible to have someone of your, you know, experience to come in and kind of give us an update on the state and what we're doing. So thanks for joining us. Well, just a plug. It's a great um, collaborative environment. And I'll tell you, I learned uh, uh, learned a lot from the team here, and good two way two way dialogue. Awesome. So thanks for that. If you're an Indianapolis-based professional and would like your story to be heard on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review.